Do you identify as quirky? Quirky? Like, mm. picture quirky. I picture the girl from Clueless. Oh, yeah. The blonde girl. Yeah. Like, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, yeah, she was, like, kind of quirky. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in some aspects of my life, I yeah. can be. I use that in... Uh, yeah, I guess I would say. And but queer, do you identify as queer? I could say yes and I could say no, mm-hmm. because I would say I'm gay, but... It, yeah, yes, queer gay. Yeah. Welcome, quirky queerdos, to another episode of Quirky and or Queer. Before starting this episode, I want to ask a question. What does it mean to be accountable? This is an episode I never really thought would happen, but the experience has me thinking a lot about the idea of accountability. We live in a world where we focus on finding a single cause, issue, person, or factor for why something isn't the way we want it to be. We often demand accountability and solutions which focus on a single root cause, ignoring the complexities of life, and working to remove the issue, person, or cause of the thing we no longer like. However, life is pretty complex, and I don't know if that is always the best approach. In my own search for accountability, I often remove people from my life. I deal with some complex health issues and I live sometimes a very stressful life and sometimes the best approach is just to cut people out. However, I don't know if it's always the right choice, like I said, and in this week's episode, I interviewed Teo Ferguson after I cut him out of my life. So how did we end up here? What led to our reconnecting? I'd blocked him from all social media accounts, and I fully intended to never see him again. However, thankfully, with a bit of luck and some forgiveness, and an agreement to share the accountability for what had happened, we reconnected. So, this week's episode is interviewing Teo Ferguson, and it has me thinking about accountability. So, I thank you for listening, and welcome to Quirky and or Queer. Teo and I had met a few years back through Instagram or Grindr, I can't really remember where, but I do remember loving the photos that he posted. We chatted a bit, and after a long period of time, side note, I can be terrible to make plans with, as my friends know, uh, we made plans to get together for a photo shoot. The images we created that night are still some of my most favorite images ever. We snapped some shots in a business park, and then we took some moody shots in the woods at nightfall. It was fun and relatively innocent. We used colorful gels for interesting light, Teo was playful and moody in the shots, and I got to use my brand new Fuji mirrorless camera, so I was feeling it. Um, It all kind of came together and it reminded me of how fun it is to just experiment and be weird. Photos like the ones we created that night were the reason why I fell in love with photography in the first place. Then things got a little more complicated. Around this time, I had some health challenges beginning to present themselves, and I felt like I was running in and out of appointments, while also trying to figure out how I was going to pay for the social work program at Dalhousie University. I was working part-time, freshly sober for one year, and I was feeling anxious and stressed pretty much all the time. Even fun, creative projects caused more stress than I would have liked. On Teo's side, he is a man of dreams and action. He's very busy, and he puts the work in to get what he wants. He writes, he models, he's in school as well, and he's lived a lot of life for someone just in his early 20s, as you'll find out in the interview. However, his eagerness for photos and working with me stressed me out. I got the sense that I wasn't as available as he would have liked, and I interpreted his eagerness as disrespecting my times and my needs. Finally, he posted a video calling out a local photographer without using a name. I interpreted this as being about me. 
and the only solution I could see going forward was to end any working relationship we had together. It was pretty uncomfortable for the both of us. We had another run-in a year later out at a bar where he approached me and unfortunately it didn't go very well. I don't do well with people in bars or places where they serve alcohol um, and conflict. I just sort of shut down, which is what I did. Following this encounter, I hoped I would never run into him ever again. However, a couple months ago, Teo reached out and sent an apology over Instagram. He didn't just apologize, he took accountability. He named areas where he saw that he could have done things differently, while also being clear in his values and identity. It shocked me, and I felt kind of bad for cutting him out completely. I still think it was the right thing to do, given the context and the pressure I was under, but it made me think about him in ways I guess I hadn't considered. I knew him to be outspoken, good-looking, and talented, but I didn't spend enough time thinking about how smart, kind-hearted, and aware he is. He reached out and it made me consider him in a new light. It also made me aware that I'm kind of crap at blocking people, um, but it gave me hope. It led us to reconnecting and to recording this interview. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. We start off the interview talking about what else? Dating. We had met up and we hung out and whatnot. And at first, I didn't want to have anything sexual with him because yeah. I just felt like, you know what, I'm going to be used or I'm going to be seen as just experimental. And then he went away, came back, and we hung out again and we, you know, did the deed. And then he just like, you know, out of nowhere, he's like, after I messaged him again to ask him for his time, he's like, but I think I'm dating someone now and... I'm not, like, I'm not really sure, but, like, I think I am. I hope this is all right. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, why? First of all, clearly you had guilty feelings about yeah. this because you are now asking me if it's all right without knowing how I felt. Yeah. You never asked after me how fact. I felt. Yeah, yeah, after the fact. So there's no point in asking me because you are yeah. already in this relationship. He wanted absolution. He wanted his guilt to be gone. Exactly. And yeah. I'm like, no, that's not that's not fair. That puts me in a weird spot. That makes me feel like an experiment, like a second thought. And what I've been shown mm -hmm. throughout my younger years mm -hmm. of being where you know, where it was okay to technically be the second thought, not necessarily emotionally, yeah. but, like, where I was younger, it's understandable more so that I was a second thought. But throughout the years, I've been shown that I've been a second thought. Much people, they say otherwise. Yeah. They're talking and saying otherwise, but their actual actions and behaviors let me know that I'm a second thought. Yeah. And I'm like, so am I not a value to people? Or, mm -hmm. like, what's, what's going on? I always say words are wind. Is words it? are wind. Yeah. You can say it, but if you don't actually get yeah. up to acting on it, then what is it actually? Just yeah. talk? or So it was just awkward. And like I'm still trying to meet up with him now just to actually have that conversation with him. Because I got upset throughout text because I was just like, so why would you like ask me this? Like mm -hmm. This is just puts me in a weird spot. Like Am I supposed to okay this? Like What am I supposed to do with this? Because you yeah. are already going to do it anyways. Yeah. So that just didn't make much sense. So I've been trying to ask him for his time and he's like, oh, you know, when I'm, when I, when I'm not busy with school or when I don't feel like going to school, I'll let you know. And I'm like, okay, first so of all, priority. exactly. And I'm just like, no, can I have an hour of your time, please? Yeah. Because realistically you want to feel okay with this and that's great. Mm -hmm. That is okay. However, I need to express this to you because clearly you don't know what it looks like. Yeah. And 
that's just not fun for me. No. I've experienced that for so many years, which is why I'm not, which is why I'm re- like still single. Probably why I'm still single. All these experiences under my belt and just knowing how people act and watching mm-hmm. how people, now I can't always call people out on that stuff because, you know, yeah, I don't know what's always going on in life. But when I see those certain patterns and behaviors that I've noticed yeah. before, it's like, here we go again. Well, because like, <laughs> The first person you're accountable to is yourself, mm-hmm. but it's like sometimes being accountable to yourself is trying to like hold other people to the fire and be like, I'm being accountable to myself by showing you how fucked up you're you're being to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, they don't they don't they don't like that. Apparently, like a lot of no offense, a lot of fucking gay, white, bisexual men yeah. do not like being told that their shitty behavior is shitty behavior, no. and it's like, well, I'm sorry, you hurt you. Unfortunately, you don't get to say you didn't hurt mm-hmm. me. Because I'm, I'm hurting, mm-hmm. so you don't get to say you didn't do that. No, because that's your feeling, your experience. You, 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 that's your reality, you know? And it's unfortunate, but, you know, like, pointing it out to them is part of the step. I'm still trying to get contact with this. Have you ever heard of the concept shit sandwich? What's that? So, so when I worked for, I think it was Katimovic, a youth program back in, like, the early 2000s, um, they said if you ever had to do something awful or do something that was a bit more, like, intense, mm-hmm. sandwich it between two good things. So, like, being like... Hey, you're really, really wonderful. And then it's like, but that thing you did was really shitty. But did I mention you have great hair? <laughs> and it's like, well, it's like, Shit yeah, sandwich. so you're like a really wonderful person. However, you know, this, that, and everything else, and <clears throat> blah, 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 blah. But I still think that, you know, you have these great qualities and you're one. And then, I mean, time and place, right? Because, like, sometimes some people don't deserve the shit sandwich. You know? No, exactly. Sometimes you just got to be like, but you probably know that better than I do because... I run away from conflict like whoa (laughs) I literally I try to like I say I try to run away from it but then it like finds me and then I'm like okay well time to react yeah (laughs) let's go Power Ranger tail you know just literally just alright let's suit up social justice Power Ranger tail to the rescue (laughs) if you're like this is a 21 I can't imagine what you're really like a 41 Look, at 41, I will give no, like even now I'm slowly like telling people with their problematic opinions I'm like I'm sorry if your problematic opinion has been in line with what has been said for history, yeah. I'm going to tell you shut the yeah. hell up right now yeah. because we are evolving as a society. We are evolving as people. Mm-hmm. We are evolving in our culture. So let go of that old mind frame. I feel like I'm on an episode of Tea with Tao. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done, you know what? I was supposed to do one this Tuesday and I was just like, I am tired. I went through yeah. like Black History Month just like spewing oh gosh, all my, yeah. I spewed out as much tea as possible because I was just like, I have so many thoughts this month. And I was just like, this whole month I'm being unapologetically black and gay yeah. because, sorry, I am like one of many or one of like, not that few out there gay black dudes in this city yeah. because I, I haven't met many men like myself. Not many. No. And they don't always have the same experiences. Their experiences, like especially for gay black people, their experiences are almost similar but not in the same sense. Again, yeah. we're all different. We're all individuals. So we experience things differently. But it's just like, shit. At this point in time, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life at this, like, oh my God. I wish I could give you some words of encouragement, but I'm 34 and I've like, I've had like one boyfriend. I just can't, like... Two, two, sorry. Carl and Ben, you're both wonderful people. <laughs> my cap is three months. <laughs> I think my cap, my cap, my cap is three months and then people get like tired or they just like yeah. things fall off or whatnot. And I'm just like, shit. 
everyone's talking about years yeah. and like two, like people's talking about like six months to Yours years. Yours is probationary period. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is basically probationary period and I'm just like, yeah. oh, oh man. my God. Being any sort of other, and I'm making air quotes right now, you can't see it, but I'm doing it super hard, but being any sort of other is difficult for anyone. But for most people, their experience of otherness isn't based on a single identity. Teo's experience in dating reflects the complexities of dating while queer and also being a person of color, like for instance, when he talks about his fear of being used or experienced as a novelty. I think we all have fears in dating, especially online dating, but Teo experiences the world in a unique way based on his intersecting identities. However, the gay male dating landscape is filled with opportunities for racism and awful experiences. It is way too common to see profiles on apps like Grindr and Scruff with pictures of white, hairless, toned torsos with text stating, no fats, no Asians, no femmes, etc. It is also not uncommon to see profiles with content which aims to fetishize folks from marginalized communities. Teo and others deserve better, and hopefully we are headed towards a more just and harmonious world, but we are certainly not there yet. So, this is a podcast called Quirky and or Queer, mm-hmm. and so the first two questions I ask everyone on the podcast is, do you identify as quirky? quirky like mm. I'm like when I see when I picture quirky I picture the girl from Clueless oh yeah the blonde girl yeah. like Alicia she, Silverstone yeah, yeah she was like kind of quirky yeah I mean in some aspects of my life I yeah. can be um, other aspects I'm very like I don't know knowledge wisdom based because of just how I've lived my life but mm. I use that in, uh, yeah I guess I would say you know, use that in a quirky sense you're quirky okay and but queer, do you identify as queer? Now, um, I could say yes and I could say no mm-hmm. because I don't because I know for queer for some people is a lot of different things. Like yeah. queer is like the umbrella term almost mm-hmm. that covers everything. But sometimes you know there's you know queer non-binary and stuff yep. like that. So I'm not. I would say I'm gay, but it, you know in other aspects I'd also say I'm queer. Just you know for the umbrella term of it, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, yes, queer, gay. Yeah. I say gay most often, like mm. in one-to-one, like if someone asked me what my orientation was, I would just say gay, mm-hmm. but I use queer more often as like a global term, as mm-hmm. just to identify a community, which is convenient for me, but it also is kind of lazy, because like, I know people who don't identify as queer. Exactly. I also feel like I partially do queer, so I don't have to literally have to go through straight people being like... Yeah. Oh, you're gangy or you're da blah blah blah, and I'm just yeah. like, you know what? Or but or people like straight people being like, oh, you're gay, but he's queer. What's the difference? And I'm just like, okay, well, here we go. Like, fuck. Well, just I'm queer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm queer. I'll just, say whatever answer is easiest, so I don't have to talk it anymore. Exactly. Whatever <laughs> answer is easiest, so I don't have to unpack this for yeah. you, because realistically, you should be unpacking that for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm uh, not. Oh, I'm just so. T- I'm like people. I'm not absolving your tears anymore. I am not the sponge yeah. to absolve those tears anymore. Like shit. If you want me to, uh, like realistically, what I'm gonna do with those tears is make a new fucking drink and just drink them back. Like yeah. Because yeah. all those feelings and whatnot, you need to take to an altar. You need to take to a confessional. But yeah. where you should not take it is with me, the gay black dude yeah. that understands yep. both his gay 
and black identities mm-hmm. throughout history. Because, like, many people are like, oh, why, how you're so dogmatic and opinionated and blah, blah. Well, that's for a fucking reason. Because yeah. trust and believe. I pay attention. Or have you been? <laughs> yeah. And it's like most people don't. They're just like, oh. And you know what's funny? When people are talking about, like, positives and negatives, they're like, oh, people so focus so much on the negatives when it comes to these articles and whatnot. And I'm just like, well, because these articles are pointing out the negatives that have been put out through history. Yeah. The negatives that you still buy into when you're talking about these communities. Yeah. So this is why, you know, I'm combating or dogmatic or opinionated in these things because you've clearly internalized some of these mm-hmm. things. But, you know, they don't believe that because, yeah, I'm, I'm not that person. As you said, I'm not that person. But, yep, your behavior is showing that you are. People want to feel morally right. And, yeah. uh, and, and then in, if you challenge them on that, they, their inherent goodness is like, what? But I'm a good person. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not about whether you're good or bad. It's about where you sit within society and which ideologies and institutions and systems are disproportionately benefiting you and not others. Mm-hmm. And I love to, I also love to, when I get into arguments with people, because I, well, not necessarily that I love getting into arguments with people, but I love to point out that, you know, when you're coming at this mm-hmm. in the same way that I'm coming at it, but just look at the differences, you're coming at it from a personal values and beliefs place. Yeah personal values and beliefs in just in the same way that I am. But the way that I'm talking about the personal values and beliefs have been the same personal, uh, have been the same things that have been said throughout history. And I'm not talking about it from, you know, a place where it's like, Oh, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. It's just knowing that history Mm -hmm. and knowing how that narrative has been, Mis- like, again, misinformed, misrepresented because groups of people have, again, for years have mm-hmm. been misrepresented within the media with by, you know, cis, white, straight men that yep. want to write these articles and these, like, research papers and whatnot. Yeah, old because, anthropologists. Yeah. And they think that they understand something because they've dived into it. But yeah. trust me, living it is a whole yeah. other thing. And yeah. I, I'm always like, for the gay, gay, especially for the cis, white, gay men, I'm just like, you guys do realize that these other white men that are straight have been writing our narratives for years Mm -hmm. and the fact that you buy into it is so problematic so problematic but again can't point that out to them or else oh my god i'm not racist i'm not this i'm not that yes hun we get it you ain't that way (laughs) we understand but just under like look at your behaviors read through some of the shit that you said and realize that you have internalized some of these things well i think so many people in this world are so focused on like binary thinking it's either good or it's bad and anything in between it's just it overwhelms people because it doesn't line up with like how they make decisions or how they see themselves in society. So as soon as they have to think about things in context of like, in terms of gray, mm-hmm. they're just like, but, but I'm good or I'm bad. You know, tell me I'm good no, or I'm bad. You no, know, classify me in really easy ways. I'm like, it's just not that, that simple. simple. It's never Mm-mm. that simple. Gray lines are gray lines for a reason mm-hmm. because there's a lot of wiggle room on, on what is technically right and wrong. And there is never necessarily a right or wrong. It's just, being educated. Yeah. Like being educated and knowledgeable and understanding the differences when people are talking about things and knowing where it is that they're coming from when they're talking about mm-hmm. it. Because that, again, makes a difference. And when I, again, when I point out people's personal values and beliefs, they want to get all high and blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> you're, you're saying this, you're saying that. Well, I'm sorry that I can 
read between the lines. Yeah. I am sorry that I can see what you're saying yeah. and also read the subtle messages that you are really underlying saying with what you're talking about. Yeah. And it, they're like, oh, but you're putting words in my mouth. Well, uh, if you feel I'm putting words in your mouth, that must mean that you clearly do not want to yeah. unpack this because yeah. I'm seeing it. I don't know why you can't see it, but mm-hmm. we'll just let that sit and stew for a little bit and you can deal with that. <laughs> I just... Oh, I just can't. I just can't anymore. Unpacking people's issues just... So, two identities that you've kind of brought up. <clears throat> Obviously, black. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one that you identify as, but people in the general world would identify because it's visible. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's the identity of gay or queer, and that's another... Are there any other identities that you often talk about or think about that, that, that you identify with? Well, it's... I, I, well, recently I've been doing a lot of, like, more like a play on feminine and masculine mm-hmm. photography. Like I've been in heels and whatnot. Do, like I, people would slowly, people would call it slowly becoming into drag, but I'm, you know, when I get there, I get there. I'm yeah. not doing drag as of yet, but you know, when I get there, I'll get there. But Swine, 2019. <laughs> I've already come up with the name. Either We're all ready for it. <laughs> um, but like, I wouldn't, I don't ascribe to... Um, like, cause I know people live androgynous mm-hmm. and live yeah. that sometimes either they live that or they, you it's know, a daily experience. Exactly. Life. Yeah. But I, I, whenever I post those photography photos of me being masculine and feminine, I like to say androgynous because it's the, to me, androgynous is like playing on both those things. Yeah. Playing on both masculine and feminine qualities, like Billy Porter. Yeah. Billy Porter in that fucking tuxedo gown. Oh, so good. The (sighs) Oscars this year, 2019, if you haven't seen it, Billy Porter's, like, the Oscars hadn't even started yet, and Billy Porter was the face of the Oscars. He was. He was every. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, if I had that tuxedo gown with my head wrap and the hoops and my eyes in, I would just slay. And I would feel. My energy, my yeah. energy is both masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. Like when I speak, I, when I speak and when I act sometimes, I know that I am being both masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. I don't, no one has to tell me anything, yeah. even though people still do. Uh, <laughs> I know yeah. myself and what I have and who I am. Mm-hmm. And I had to, again, learn that early on from 13. Yeah. So it's just, I've grown into this, com- like com- being comfortable with those things in, like in my life. Yeah. So it's just, you know, a part of me, these both masculine and feminine qualities. I'm not just one thing. Yeah. No one, not one person is just one thing, especially in today's society. You can be a lot of different things. It's yeah. fluid as they say. Yeah. And as again, it's this whole idea, this binary, it's not, it's not one or the other. It's like people can exist somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, and it's uncomfortable for people to view, but it's like, fuck it. That's the way the world's moving. And that's I know. Like be. exactly. That's the way the world is moving. You could either be stuck in it and be told this, that, and everything else by people who are, again, educated, come from that experience, mm-hmm. or you could educate yourself yeah. and evolve with the world yeah. evolution is a thing it happens all the time yeah i just don't know why people love to be stuck in this oh my frame oh traditional this okay honey yeah. traditions change speaking of evolution our relationship has evolved <laughs> <laughs> we started okay we started off bad we start well no we started off we started off taking photos and oh my goodness i look i look back at them i i did my icloud uh like restore or whatnot and i seen all the photos i was like those were so good yeah i want to do more and you do a lot of photography in this in the community you model you're involved mm-hmm. you're like big in social media you you're, you're i would say that you're a truth teller like, <laughs> like, oh i spill like tea to, yeah. i spill the truth because the thing is people are always like 
oh, you for years people tell you, oh, keep these things in and whatnot, and like you know, mm-hmm. don't talk about this and blah blah blah. And it's like, I'm sorry, no. Mm-hmm. If it is hurt, like I learned from watching these like Medea and Tyler Perry, like if it is hurting me, mm-hmm. I will speak about yeah. it. I am not gonna let that sit there and make my mental health get no. worse because someone else doesn't want to feel guilty, feel upset, feel whatever. Because at the end of the day, I have me. Yeah, I have me, and I respect every last person yeah. that I come in contact with. I treat them with as much respect and love and yeah. happiness as I can, as I as my energy can give. And it's often it's sad sometimes because I don't see that in the re- I don't see it in return. No, okay. And I, I don't often see it sometimes in return. I see it with my friends and whatnot, and and I love my friends. I love my friends and the people that support me. I love them so much. Thank you all. <laughs> um, but it's just I love that you think they're gonna listen to this. <laughs> Like, well, I mean, I'm I not hope. that popular yet. I, well, yeah, I, I, I would say you I'll, are. I'll network into your social. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you are pretty popular. Again, your photography is getting traction. Everyone yeah, loves your you. photography oh. and the things that you do. So I feel like I, a worm of a human. So when people tell me that I'm just like, cool. <laughs> you have to have confidence, and that's you know what. Again, going back to being a young gay person. Yeah, I had. And we still, as gay people, need to have more confidence yeah. in ourselves, in our gay identities, in our other identities mm-hmm. that we ascribe to. Because at the end of the day, if we all banded together at one point in time and just said, we are confident beings, we are here, we are yeah. queer, and we are going to stay here. Collective action. The people would literally be like, okay, so we can't, we aren't, we're not going to try that ignorant shit with you. Yeah. Because often I see my friends, like, because I don't have the experience of being called a faggot out in public. Yeah. I did maybe once when I was in junior high when my friends were ignorant yeah. to the matters of me coming out. But ever since, if someone ever dare tried me, I would turn around too quick and say, honey, yes, I am. Do you want to try me? Yeah. <laughs> because they won't, they don't know how to, they don't yeah. know how to, they wouldn't know how to deal with a confident gay black man. Yeah. That's the thing. They just don't know how to deal because the way I present either when I'm wearing the hoops or wherever, yeah. where I'm wearing just my natural whatever, my face will say it all. Yeah. Like, I will walk with a fierce look on my face, fierce, because I am a fierce person. Yeah. And people just, they wouldn't dare. They wouldn't know how. Well, I feel like the society only makes space for like one identity at a time. So it's like, you can either be a confident black man or you can be a confident gay man. But, but combining the two is like, it's too disruptive for the heteronormative, straight, white, cisgender status quo. It's just like, whoa, 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 no, pick one. And I'm like, no, no. Taylor's more fabulous than he sells himself. <laughs> <both." laughs> like, I'm literally, and when I see, like, and, like, now from watching Paris is burning mm-hmm. and, like, seeing Billy Porter in that outfit, I'm just like, okay, I'm taking, I'm, I'm, I'm not the only one. Yeah. I'm doing something that has already been done that people have been doing. So I don't know why has it looked so, mm-hmm. ah, to people here, but, like, sorry, gay, confident black people have been around. We still here yeah. and we will forever be here. Yeah. Not just because Jesse Smollett got fucked up. Does, yeah. it, does it negate the rest of us? Yeah. Jesse Smollett, or however you say his last name, he got his own shit to unpack. He got his yeah. own stuff to pack, unpack, but he does not negate the rest of us. Yeah. He does not, he is not the representation of all of us. Yeah. There is many different of us that lead our lives in many different ways. Yeah. And, you got to take up space. And that's one thing that you, I admire about you is that you do take up space and you are out there and you're vocal. It's also probably why, because I'm such a sensitive person that we had a bit of a falling out, mm, you know, not, not like, throwing it on you because it is me as well. Right. But it's like, it's just, 
to take up space, sometimes there are uncomfortable moments that come with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. To- totally. Like, and you know what's funny? Like, on again, on my Instagram, this one woman, and she's still... <laughs> I got into a big thing with her because oh, I, I know her. The Black History Month thing. Yeah. Look, I posted up on my Instagram. This girl said, oh, you, y'all black people need to stop thinking that you're different and you, you're, this is promoting segregation. And I was like, you're a white lady with dreads. You're a white woman that had once yeah. had dreads and you're going to tell me about yeah. segregation and understanding black history yeah. and understanding black people are different. And I was like, nah, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. You may feel that this won't go somewhere, but I'm posting this because this is not how you talk about yeah. race with someone. This is not how you go into someone's own personal thing and tell them what race, racism yeah. and everything is. You have no gall to do that. And then her boyfriend threatened you. And then her, oh, yeah, yeah, basically her boyfriend came in and said, oh, I protect my family, so just saying. And I was like, well, I protect mine too, but like, I see this as a threat. So, yeah. I mean, feel free to throw your threats at me, but I don't care. Yeah. At the end of the day, I've got me enough to know that I've got me. Yeah. We're not doing this, especially on Black History Month, after yeah. the whole issue with the parliament on Parliament Hill yeah. and being racially profiled, just like as a whole dark skin group. You yeah. are not going to tell me about segregation. Yeah. You are not. Mm-mm. Well, I think it's, as a gay black man, when you put yourself out there and you're, you're saying these things, you're still speaking from your experience, but then if someone responds to that, they automatically make you the ambassador for all gay Exactly, and I'm just like, no, this is the thing. I may be as vocal as I am, I may be mm-hmm. as passionate as I am, and you know what, I, I hate when people are like, oh, he's angry. No, the thing is, is yeah. I'm passionate because I'm actually speaking from a place of understanding. You're speaking from a place of you viewing these little articles yeah. and whatnot from what you think you understand. And tone policing, I cannot stand that. You will not, no, sorry, yeah. you will not, you will not quiet, you will not shut me up, you will not quiet me down, you yeah. will not tell me to use different words, although yeah. I can only say what I have to say, my truth. Yeah, and I think people devolve to that, to that, to the anger into using those words because they, they just, they're reaching for power. Mm-hmm. And you have access to language and, and critical thought and all these other things that, again, I, hate talking about your age but at 21 it like blows my mind it's like because like i don't i don't even have, have a hard time conceptualizing and communicating with a sense of eloquence now and mm. it's like when i watch some of your videos like you do say things in ways that are relatable and understandable and they're, they're passionate mm. uh, but you, you communicate with a sense of like a fieriness you know mm-hmm. and but, that's and that's the thing it comes from passion it comes from years of experiencing mm-hmm. these things and it's like People don't believe, because uh, uh, of course I'm a screenshot person, so people don't believe if I don't got the <laughs> screenshot, screenshot that, <laughs> they believe if I don't got the screenshot that I must not experience it. But it, honestly, not everything that I'm going to literally yeah. vocalize, but there's things that I will vocalize hardly hard. And it's definitely talking to people, understanding these issues. Yeah. And again, this is probably, again, why I am going to be single for a long, long time, because yeah. having to explain and unpack this to people, is just like, yeah. it goes over their head. Teo likes to tell his experiences of truth. He does this in his Instagram channel, filming and uploading segments he calls Tea with Teo. It was in one of these segments where he called out a local photographer, and I assumed he meant me, which led me down a rabbit hole of self-doubt, anxiety, and shame. However, I see things a bit differently now. In some part, my discomfort with what he was saying was probably also playing into my fear of being labeled as a racist. Well, as a cisgender white gay man, I benefit from white supremacy and the legacy of colonial practices, so I and other white gay men are inherently racist. 
I know, I know, shocking, right? But if we're not bad people, we're just part of a larger system that oppresses others. Also, sometimes you might be a bad person. Our queerness and experiences of oppression do not absolve us from being part of or benefiting from oppressive systems. We are still accountable. We have to unpack our own issues. I'm so glad Teo is out there taking up and holding space, but as he said, it isn't always a positive experience. Because he is vocal, because he speaks his mind, and because he shares his experiences, he is criticized by many in the community. I remember, um, like, I was going out with a friend. He's also another gay black man. And I'm talking about these things, and I'm talking about these things. And he's like, wow, you're getting angry. And I'm like... Man, you're another gay black man. Like, I understand, I get it. I may sound angry to you, but I'm speaking passionately because I've been there, yeah. done that from before I was 21. Yeah. So that is why I am not letting it slide. Yeah. Will not let it slide because yeah. we are evolving. People need to evolve. People need to know that when they're talking about race issues, sometimes you just won't have to say. Yeah. You won't get to have a say because oh, you, absolutely. you are literally, you have never lived it. You'll never understand it. So why would you speak on something that you've never lived and understand? Mm. Oh, because you think you understand it through your friends. Mm. No, yeah. honey, your friends are different. Yeah. <laughs> Our friends are just gateways, a little milestone to the rest of the individuals in this yeah. world. All of our systems, all of our ideologies, all of our institutions are all inherently racist. They are built disproportionately to provide more resources and opportunities to white people. And that's, and you know what? Yeah. And I just did a media reaction piece for school. Cool. And it was on literally the fact, again, in 2019, mind you, when racism was supposedly abolished in 1960, whatever the fuck. Yeah. In 2019, New York City had just passed a law that said it is now illegal to discriminate or harass black people for their hair or hairstyle yeah. choice. Corn, cornrows, bantu yeah. knots, and everything. In 2019, yeah. mind you. That's so that fucked. tells me, exactly, that yeah. tells me that before that time, all that shit was okay. And yeah. from the stories that I've seen, people being sent home, kids mm -hmm. being sent home from school, people having their hair. Adam Johnson at, at this school, one of the schools in, um, I believe, not, I don't believe it's in New York, but it's one of the cases in the States. He a wrestler? Yeah, a yeah. wrestler. He had to cut his hair or forfeit the match. And instead of them saying, hey, let's go somewhere privately and do no. this, they did it in the whole gymnasium and cut off this that man's lady cut dreads. his hair right there on camera. How the dignity like that you'd lose in that I movie. was so pissed off watching that. I was like, if someone took scissors to my... Because mind you, I took scissors to my own hair. And that's probably for some... That was for other reasons but you're like right. you're allowed to do what you want with your body but like the fact that she took it and said snip snip and if i were to go to school and someone say you know what your hair looks messy cut i'd lose my mm -hmm. i'd lose my mind because my hair is yeah. i love my hair now i yeah. love my hair i'm so mad at myself that i cut it when i was younger because i thought i looked like a female in some way yeah. and now to grow into my identity now mm -hmm. and realize that i i'm like i'm missing it and i loved it it just i wish i would have kept with it yeah and you know what? It, and it's unfortunate because even, even with these, even with these stories coming out, people still don't believe that white beauty standard is a thing. Oh, the Eurocentric. The Eurocentric yeah, beauty standard absolutely. isn't a thing, and it is. Like, I mean, have you not seen relaxers for black people? Yeah. Like, I've just learned. Like, I just learned probably like last year or two years ago from my cousin that I shouldn't be using products with sulfate or alcohol in them, oh. because there's more. There's a lot of products with sulfate and alcohol, and the alcohol and sulfate strip your hair of its natural oils and right. makes it damage easily damaged and breakable yeah and i just learned that and it's like 
okay, it's really hard to find products that don't have these things. Yeah. And a lot of products have them thinking, and that's unfortunate, but that shows throughout history that, you know, this beauty standard has been pushed to have flattened hair yeah. and straight hair. And, you know, even in the workplace, sometimes it gets like, like, I remember one time, I think I was working at, I was working at a call center and one of the people had come up to me and said, you know, oh, you, uh, your hair is looking a little, you know, so like nappy or whatever the fuck. And I was just like, I mean, it's an Afro, like, <laughs> the, I mean, I can only pick it so much. Like, I don't yeah. know what else I'm supposed to really do with it. I don't really want to get it cut for yeah. anything. I'm trying to oh grow it God. out. So, but I know that they didn't understand. They definitely didn't understand it. They were just, you know, saying it in passing. But those are microaggressions. Again, yeah. people, be aware of your microaggressions. Please be aware of them. And, like, <laughs> if someone tells you you've done something, don't discount it. Just like sometimes that's it doesn't make you a bad person. Exactly. None of this makes you a bad person. Yeah. We're pointing this out so that way you can fix that behavior. Yeah. So you're not going to a black person another black person or another yeah. person of color saying the same thing because they may they may not take it in as as I would as a patient person. They may yeah. just get right down pissed off with you and again, that's on you. That's not really on them because they don't have to unpack that yeah. for you. What's it like to be othered all the time, but also have to be the educator? Like other in what sense? Like if someone points out in like that situation where that woman talked about your hair, not only is she highlighting your difference, but you have to, you either just ignore it and internalize it, or you have to process it and then educate that person. I just critically, like in my head, I'm just like, okay, they don't understand. They don't necessarily know. And maybe they're not educated on what's been you know yeah. said in the past. So I just like, I let it go. I don't even like... Some- amazing i don't even like i don't even spend two seconds on it because any other time it's like oh my goodness i like your hair or the cornrows are really nice and blah blah blah. so i'm just like there are certain things that they won't necessarily understand and get so Mm -hmm. i'm not going to spend too much time having to explain that to Mm -hmm. them but you know hopefully with this with this current news with this new york law that they'll understand oh you know what maybe that was me and maybe i shouldn't have looked at it like that but again not everyone again critically thinks and as fastly thinks as i do um and you know what even with my education like the social services program that i'm in it just make it just makes me more critically think more about these things especially in my day-to-day interpersonal relationships because you never like some people like to think that they aren't again but again behaviors and patterns if they look similar Mm -hmm. like i mean we just had what two years ago again i i just watched black Klansman and this just put things in perspective with the fact that that law just got passed and two years prior to that the virginia charleston riot mm-hmm. with all those neo-nazis and when i was like so racism is still very much alive and well oh yeah like high key very alive and well and like, not just in the states not right just, here exactly it's in canada too it's just yeah. in subtler ways people and it even plays a part and people like to think it doesn't play a part in dating but it does Oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry for whatever feelings you think you may have about how you conduct your life and how you say you aren't this. It plays its part so much. I was talking to a gentleman. He's a social worker here in Halifax. And he's often talks about <clears throat> he's too gay to be black and he's too black to be gay. <laughs> That's too gay to be black and, and too, too black, black to, to be, be gay. gay. So he's, he basically he talked about how his identities and where he would find allegiance within a community had to change depending on which community he was in. So if he was with a lot of gay folks, 
sometimes it'd be too black to be gay, and then sometimes it'd be too gay to be black with if he's a lot of, with a lot of black folks. Mm. You know, uh, and I I understand that because again I've ro- I was raised in a Jamaican household like there was a lot of expectations let's mm-hmm. say, and I just broke them all. <laughs> I was just like you I'm break so- expectations. <laughs> what? I was just like I. I'm sorry, I can't split these two identities up. Yeah. Especially at 13 when I had to, like, like when I came out and I was just like... You came out at 13. 13, 14 in Gorsbrook Junior High School, like... Oh, my mm. God. And, like, I was just like, why would I split? Like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, uh, these aren't two different identities. This is just me. This is you. This yeah. is me. Black and gay is what I live. Mm-hmm. So I was probably... In the same situation for him, like too gay for the black folk, mm-hmm. and 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 now in my twenty one year olds, I can now say that I'm maybe too black for the gay folk because they can't connect with the black yeah. gay lifestyle, or not necessarily the black gay lifestyle, but the black gay experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so hard, not necessarily hard to deal with, but it's just like. Those identities are always have always been a part of me. Yeah. So I could never see myself like splitting them up for anybody. Yeah. For either the gay community or the black community. I'm sorry. What you see is what you get. Yeah. I'm not going to be any different to fit, to f- make you feel better. Yeah. Or to feel comfortable because you should just feel comfortable knowing me and experiencing me as yeah. I am, not wanting me to be anything different. Yeah. It's unfortunate because even like, even like people they. They like they want you to be something, and it's like, no, I'm not that. I'm not going to be that for mm-hmm. you. Unfortunately, I'm a different person, mm-hmm. and it go, even goes back. Like, and this even ties into dating. Like, I often, I often have to be very curious of the people that message me online because yeah. I'm like, okay, you're here for a reason, and I know that because again, my body is up there. I am very happy with my body. I've been working out since like twelve. I enjoy my body. But if you can't tell from the photo or from his voice, he's jacked. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people come with, like, the fact that they're like, oh, I'm really into black men and I'm really into this. Or yeah. I really, like, want to blah, 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 blah. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, that's really cool. That's really great. But I also, in, after years of experiencing it, I'm like, okay, what's the underlying reason as mm-hmm. to why you specifically want me? Mm-hmm. What is it about me that you specifically want? Is it the fantasy to fill? Mm-hmm. Is it are you fetishizing me? Yeah. Or do you actually want to meet me? Because if you actually want to meet me, I will make the time yeah. to actually come across the bridge, which people don't come across the bridge for me. Come to Dartmouth. They don't come to Dartmouth because, you know, it's so far, but get a bus a drive. It is. It is. <laughs> but, like, I will come across the bridge to make an yeah. acquaintance with you. You're like, girl, I got that with me. <laughs> exactly. Like, or even the bus, like the bus pass through school. Like, I'll come across. Yeah. I'll come see you. Yeah. But for people to come over here, it's a big issue. But you know, yeah. like that's the thing. I I open myself up to the gay community to come meet. But what the gay community opens up to me is that you know, let's come come over to my house, hang out for a little bit, and then let's slowly dive into the sexual shit. And I'm yeah. like, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. I can't come somewhere and just hang the fuck out because, you know, they see all this and they just want all this, but they don't want to know the person underneath yeah. it. And it's disgusting. It makes me feel like, again, an object. And I've been often made to feel yeah. like an object. So it's just <sighs> so exhausting. Again, from experiencing it from 13 to now, again, I shouldn't have been on the app at that early age, but 
I needed some kind of experience because I couldn't ask someone around me. Who yeah. did I know around me that was yeah. gay and black and understood that? Not or, many. Of course you would use a resource that's created specifically for that. That makes total sense to me. Exactly. And that and that's how I gained my experience. And that's yeah. how I know that there are... And I may be saying all of these things, but I also have met really nice gay men that understand my experience when mm-hmm. I explain it. But others is just like... <laughs> right over their head and I'm yeah. like especially with a lot in the gay community is like as soon as anything conflict like comes up they're like nah I'm not about this you're not as sexy to me as you were good before vibes blah, only. Blah, blah. and it's like good vibes only well yeah. honey I'm sorry that your good vibes likes to negate all the other things <laughs> because it still goes on whether yeah. you see it or not yeah. your <laughs> like, good vibes might look good to you but they certainly don't look good to me exactly like yeah. your good vibes keep them somewhere else like ugh like what, what would you say your core values are? Like, do you have a sense of, like, at the center of who you are, what drives you? What drives me is, honestly, the words that were spoken to me at daycare in the South End, being one of the only people. And it was, like, from my second mother. She's actually the picture up there with my uh, mom, the okay. one in the black dress. That's yeah. my mom, but the one in the blue dress. She's, like, a second mother to me in the South End of daycare. She always just drove home for me, treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. And that resonated with me for the rest of, it still, it resonates with me for the rest of my life because again, the way I have been treated, mm-hmm. like online, otherwise, like online and anywhere, it just makes me want to treat people better. Yeah. And even, it even drove me because, you know, at an early, like when you're early, when you're a young gay kid, you don't understand something. So like, if you were to ask me back I still then, don't understand. <laughs> if you were to ask me when I was back in high school, oh, would you sleep with a bigger man or someone who is shorter, fatter, whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. I would have probably been like ignorant to it and been like, oh no, they're just not as I am. Yeah. And although I still may, I still want someone who is as active as I am in my life. Um, and hopefully diabetic because that would just be great if we could have juice breaks, juice breaks in between sex. But, um, I've exposed myself to these people because I know that it's not necessarily, it's not their, it's not all about their physicality. Mm -hmm. It's also about the energy that they bring when you meet them. Yeah. And that's something that I can connect with a lot better with if I can meet them as opposed to going based on online, which is why when, uh, when I show some people like you know, the people that I've been around with or slept with, they're like, oh, wow, really? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm not going to treat someone in the same, like someone in the same way that someone has treated me. And I I remember, remember one experience specifically when I was 17 on the app, this one guy said, after asking me for photos and everything and showing him the photos and him saying, oh, you, you're hot, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, do you want to like hang out and, you know, you know, like hang out, be friends, whatever. He was like, Oh, I'm not into black dudes. And I was like, what the fuck? And then he was like, yeah. oh, I have black friends. And I was like, oh my, oh, oh my God. So what? what is your issue then? Mm-hmm. Like, what is your issue? Man, and so many of the queer spaces and gay spaces are like specifically built to be safer spaces for the most privileged within the queer community. So it's like even a grinder, you know, like the no fats, no femmes, no Asians, you know, like no people of color, like all that stuff. It's just like, as a white gay man, like I have a responsibility to like work against that because those spaces were created mostly by white gay men and they're just harmful to people who aren't white gay men. Exactly. And as a gay man of color 
who has experienced those things. I even look out for my friends, like my friends of color when it comes to their relationships mm-hmm. because I know that it's often that we get put as a second thought to yeah. most gay white men in the city because they are only look... Like that picture that I posted that said... Uh, when gay white men uh, say they're looking for diversity but end up finding someone that looks exactly like them and it showed like two Ken doll looking guys that look exactly the same and I was like is that not true? Same beard, same haircut, same floral tank top. Exactly and I'm just like is that not true because all these you know bigger buffer gay guys they end up looking for someone like them exactly like them and it's like oh it's just a preference I'm like sorry your preference is also problematic because you're basing it off of physicality and not actually meeting someone and you're too shit shy or shit like too shit of a personality to go actually meet someone and get to know them on that level you're just basing it off of how you might later be attracted to them or whatever and it's like who like let it go meet people and you know I'm even trying to like, my friend Lamar, he had a gay get-together where he just brought together a bunch of random gay guys within the city and just had them over at his house, and we all, like, kiki made, like, had a little game where we guessed each other's positions and, like, also put... put like, I job put, positions? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what kind uh, of positions. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, preferences and sexual positions, but... Um, what? <laughs> Sorry. But um, we did that, and, we, like, we were also asked, like, we just played games, like, where we take... Put, uh, pick questions out of hat and I was like I, I did the hard questions because I was like I'm having fun with this there was a bunch of no gay guys tail, here. Yeah. exactly there was a bunch of gay guys here I was like okay fuck Mary kill <laughs> and then I just put those hat those questions into the thought put those questions into the hat and we just laughed and we had a good time and I'm like I want to do more of that yeah I want to yeah. do and I think what I was going to try and do next because Lamar inspired me my friend Lamar inspired me that I want to host the next one yeah. in, in my house and just have gay men come, enjoy food, enjoy company, have something on the TV for all of us to watch. We could watch Paris is Burning all together, yeah. shit. And just enjoy each other as opposed to judging each other based on online. Yeah. Because that, I know people talk about, you know, you can, yeah. you, you can meet people and whatnot, but the thing is, when you are online and trying to meet someone, and even for me when I'm on there, I am met with more hesitancy when meeting than I feel other people are. And yeah. I don't know if that is based off of my online. I don't know why people take infler- like inferences from my online like uh, online presence, even though it's the same when you meet me, but it's just, there's a difference. Because mm-hmm. I'm a lot, I, I at least feel like I'm a lot more gentle with people in person than I am with online because I just can't, I can't with people online sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, I want to cultivate a better gay community as opposed to us sitting there you know judging us all judging each other online and whatnot based on physicality and like you know what and it it really annoys me when people are like here to make friends here to meet people here to whatnot and i'm like okay you're here for that i'm here for that too why is there such hesitancy and resistance mm-hmm. with me but shit if i go out into the city during summertime and see yeah. you hanging out with the next guy I'm going to feel a little bit weird or feel like there was some kind of stipulation yeah. when it comes to me. And people don't often think about that. And I, I think about that yeah. often because, like, I'm not going to say no to meeting someone. But if I know um, that you're only going to try and meet me for one thing, then I'm obviously not going to meet you. Yeah. But I am not going to show resistance or hesitancy unless it's only about the sex. I feel like you have yourself figured out so much more than other people do. Like, and you, you communicate 
your needs very clearly and that's disruptive for a lot of people some people just and that's the thing i i'm still like i'm still also working through communicating my needs very clearly because again when i'm in per interpersonal relationships like face to face it's hard to do that because i know i'm thinking about societal norms and like societal norms of dating like you mm-hmm. can't exact exactly open up to someone and be like you know what i like you and i would like to continue this yeah. because people are like oh i feel trapped in this and i'm like i'm not trying to make you feel trapped i'm just trying to just let you know reality i'm speaking that you know you do realize that when people do sexual acts or mm. intimate acts, that that creates that feeling. Yeah. So obviously they're going to want to explore that. Yeah. But, you know, society, unfortunately, when it comes to dating, they've put these terms out. And I, and I still have to work through that myself and expressing right. my needs in person because I can express it through online and text very yeah. easily. However, when I'm in that space with them, it's just like a little bit harder for me and I need to work on that mm. because... That way I can protect my feelings and not be so hurt. It's like how you project them, but also we're also responsible for how we're perceived, even though we can't really know 100% how we're being perceived because we don't know what's in other people's minds. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you a lot better now than I did before. And so it's, and I've also grown too. So it's like I also know now that you're just, you care about accountability and justice. Mm-hmm. And I you, care about accountability and justice. I care about... My I care about people and I care about their feelings because, mm-hmm. again, my feelings have been disregarded in yeah. some senses and just, like, not taken in it to the full extent and just seen as a second thought. And I'm just like, I don't want my friends to experience that. No. I don't want other gay yeah. people in the city to experience that based on weight, height, or anything like that color. I don't want people to experience that yeah. because we are evolving as a community. So mm-hmm. get out of that, oh, I don't sleep with fe- I don't sleep with femme boys. I don't sleep with fat boys. I don't sleep with... The thing is, get to know these people. Yeah. Because trust me, their personality is a, will speak volumes more than what you're looking at based on their physicality. Yeah. I it seems a lot easier to judge than to understand. Yeah. But ain't that the truth? I I try to understand as much as I can. Yeah. As much as I am given to understand, but yeah. when you don't give me much and I just see that, you know, Hey, I you can be. Hey, we can be friends, but actually, I'm gonna give you weeks of silence and then hang out with my friends that are also in Halifax that you can see me downtown with. Yeah. Which again, in Halifax, if you're gonna say be friends with someone, please follow up. Like, yeah. be stronger. As my friend said again, this is Lamar. This was on a quote that Lam- my friend Lamar had on his desk. And Lamar I just, sounds great. He is. He creep is. Creep Lamar is lovely. <laughs> Lamar digs. Um, it just it, it was a little I'm sticky note. Instagram later today. <laughs> like, Who is Tyler <laughs> or T John? <laughs> his uh, sticky note said, "Be stronger than your strongest excuse." Oh, be stronger than your strongest excuse. Yeah. And I was like that. That speaks volumes to me because you can come up with excuses as to why you're busy. You can come up with excuses as to why you don't have time, but be stronger than that. Because at the end of the day, we all know that we all live within the same 24 hours that you understand. And we all like here right now, I'm like, oh, I have, I know I have an assignment to do and whatnot and question, but I know that I'm capable enough to get those things done and still have time to do a bunch of different Mm -hmm. things because I am the master of my time. Mm -hmm. And when you say, when you're offering your time to people, make sure that you're following up and actually doing it because Mm -hmm. those people are probably either, those people could be waiting for that and actually like looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. And you're just sitting there nonchalant, like, oh, I'm not going to hurt anybody if I don't actually hang out with them. Yeah. I think so much of our internal conflict comes from like the, the person that we think we are and the person we think we should be. So it's like you're out there in the world and you're saying you just want to be friends with someone, but you don't understand what 
what the impact is of, of actually not following through on that. Exactly. Is. So you put that out there, and it doesn't just exist as words. It exists as, like, an intention and, and exactly. like a hope, a wish, and that's hard. It's something that I've definitely struggled with as I've gotten older. I, I flat out tell people I don't, I'm not interested in meeting friends anymore. Because it's just like, at a certain point, you have too many friends, and it's like, I don't spend enough time with people, the quality of people that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so now I have a podcast that we like, hang out with people I don't get to see very often. <laughs> no, and I feel that on the <laughs> making time for people that I love and enjoy, yeah. because I love and enjoy my first-year friends that I made at Dow, my yeah. first-year friends. I experienced that with them, and I grew with them, and I love and cherish them so much, like, in my heart of hearts, but do I get the chance to see them all the time? Yeah. No. And and the thing is, at the same time, no offense to you guys, but I'm always crossing the bridge to Halifax. So (laughs) just, you know, putting it out there that I live in Dartmouth and I come to Halifax specifically for you guys. Yeah, folks, come to Dartmouth, please. Like, can people please come to Dartmouth? I got a car. I'll pick you up at the bridge terminal. I mean, I don't have a car, so I go by bus. So you you live right next to like a terminal. Exactly. And that's what gets me. I'm like, yo, I may live in Dartmouth, but literally it's 30 minutes over to Halifax, 30 minutes over to Dartmouth. You You might even have to transfer. (laughs) No, literally, people understand that the three from wherever on Oxford or North Street, it takes you right to my house, so... And and if you haven't met his dog, Angel, I mean, that's reason enough to come. Yeah, no, Angel is lovely. She loves everybody. A small little pug mix that doesn't bark. Yup! But yeah, like, it's just... I, I have love for these people, and I know that... People like to say that they don't have time, and I've even caught myself saying, I don't have time, but is it really yeah. that I don't have time, or is it that I'm feeling too lazy to go over? Be honest with your intentions and your words. It's really exactly. hard. It's such a struggle. And I find myself being like, I'm too lazy. I feel like I'm too lazy to go over to uh, Halifax this mm-hmm. day. But at the same time, I'm also thinking, shit, I've been going over to Halifax. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've I've been traveling over there from day one for to see these guys and hang out with them, and at the end of the day... Do will I still do it? Yes, yeah. because why? I love them. I love being around them. I love hanging with them. They are my friends. And realistically, the guys that I hang out with, like the guy friends, they're the first. Like they're the first group of guy friends. Realistically, from first year down, that for me at least, were understanding of who I am, just yeah. who I am. They didn't expect anything more, just for me to be me. Yeah, and I love that about them. I got to do like that typical like. Uh, I learned how to shotgun uh, uh, a Alexander Keith's glass bottle with one of my friends. And, you know, I was more Halifax than that. (laughs) (laughs) And I I can't say that I would be able to do that in the same space with the people that I was with in junior high. You should put that on your LinkedIn when you graduate. (laughs) I know how to shotgun a beer, a glass bottle. (laughs) But it's just that having that experience with them showed me Mm -hmm. that I can have straight guy friends and feel comfortable around them just being my authentic self and even my one of my close guy friends like and i i will forever claim him as like one of my close guy friends and he even travels from waverly to me and i need to start traveling to waverly for him he lives in dartmouth it's just i didn't have a lot i've had friends and i've had good friends but i also lived like a very double life because i wasn't sober and i party all the time so i wasn't really honest honest with a lot of my friends it's only in the last three years that i've actually kind of lived closest to the truest version of myself with my friends and my family. I feel like you've been doing that for a long time, which is so powerful. And I've only now in the last three years to realize how important it is to have people that you can just be who you are mm-hmm. as much as you feel comfortable, like close to 100% as you can get with them.
It is clear to me that Teo is motivated to be a kind person and also that he wants to build a better community with more opportunities for people who share his experiences. I believe we are all trying to find our place in community and sometimes in working to build a community or find our place, we can harm others. Hearing Teo quote his friend Lamar with, be stronger than your strongest excuse, reminds me of some of the challenges I've faced trying to be accountable to the community, to my workplace, to friends, and to my life. I've filled my life with so many things which require different skills, such as this podcast or photography, or the many wonderful friends that I have. I often burn out. I know this is true for many people within my social network. They uh, take on a lot because they believe in a more just and harmonious world, uh, and sometimes that harms them. Sometimes it's a case of being overcommitted, sometimes it is a case of having too much on the go, but it's also true that sometimes it's because I don't have the courage to say, I am sorry, I just don't think I want to hang out or commit to that thing. I think this is something we all need to be able to learn to do more effectively and with more compassion. We need to learn how to be more accountable to and for ourselves. This applies even to family. Now, I won't say that it's easy with, like, it's easier with my friends, but with my family, I mean, especially where I'm doing this femme photography, they're all like, oh, Teo, do you have to? And I'm just, and I, the thing is, I should be more, maybe necessarily more patient with them, but at the same time, I'm like, I've been out since 13. So hard, though, with your family, with your loved ones, you just expect more. I'm just like, I'm sorry, I've been out since 13. Do you really expect me to change now? And it's like, (laughs) their expressions like family, like, I love them. My mom is probably the coolest person I know. Mm -hmm. Um, But we we get into conflicts because we both expect a lot from each other. Mm -hmm. And just because we love each other, and like, my other parts of my family, you just, Mm -hmm. the, 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 I guess the, the margin or the threshold between like, being considerate like if a stranger did something really ridiculous or ignorant I'd probably give them a lot of grace I'd be like well maybe their day is bad or maybe this has happened mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start to dive into it a little mm-hmm. bit <laughs> my family does anything I'm like how dare they I, like, like and, and you know what and, you, and I love my mom I will forever like my mom is one of my biggest supports and she so I nice love her I love her. She will always be there and love me, and I will love her forever. But, I, I mean, there are times when I'm, like, wearing the head wrap and the hoops, and she's like, do you got to wear the hoops? Oh, my, you, you ain't trying to dress like a girl and blah, blah. And I'm like, and if I am? And if I am, what are you going to do about it yeah. by the end of the day? Because at the end of the day, my life, I'm yeah. going to live it how I please and realize. And I have yeah. to, and I sometimes feel bad, but I always, I always say to her, I'm like, mom, you have to realize that that's ignorant for you to say. Yeah. That is very ignorant for you to say because yeah. you've, uh, you've seen me. You've yeah. seen me from 13 till now be who I want to be. Yeah. So you sh- at this point, it shouldn't be a matter of, is he going to do this or is he going to do that yeah. when he does it? Yeah. It's a matter of when he does it and what will I say. And you yeah. have to, and realistically, I know it's hard for her because, you know, she's still learning and stuff, but she has to, I, I always tell like, you have to learn how to be supportive. Yeah. And, and not supportive in just how you understand it, yeah. but in how I need you to It's like expressions yeah. of love that matter to you, not just to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I definitely, that I can feel that as well from a different context, but it's just like people will often do things that is, from their context, feels like an expression of love mm-hmm. but it's also can be harmful on the other side if it doesn't line up with who you are exactly your values and i'm just like i'm sorry like mom i'm not gonna stop wearing these hoops and even if you take your hoops back i'll buy another pair oh, like your mom's hoops yeah they're my mom's hoops Adorable. but i'm just but i'm just like i'm like mom you can take the hoops if you really want if you yeah. want to wear them if you actually are going to wear them but if you're only going to take them because yeah. you feel i shouldn't be dressing femininely i'll find a different way yeah and that's the end of the day i found a different i found my way to be gay i found my way yeah. to be my black 
black identity and how those intercept each other. So I feel like that's how you should get, t- get tattooed on you. I will find <clears throat> another way. Yeah, I will. Yeah. That's the thing. And, you know, that's who I am because mm-hmm. I'm not going to change for her or the family. And that the, And what's unfortunate is, like, most of the females in my family are the ones that speak on things and like to say those little mm-hmm. small... I would I want to say microaggressions in the gay sense. Yeah. <laughs> microaggressions in the gay sense, but the the males in my family, even though they know, they just see it. They don't say nothing, and that's yeah. what. I, and I can love that. I love that about them because it definitely. I know males in Jamaican culture and gay culture. Yeah. Ugh, don't necessarily mix. Yeah. But the males in my family, they see something and they don't necessarily speak on it. But are they? Do they still love me? Hell yeah. Yeah. They love me. Like the other day, I my cousin who drives me to sc- like goes to school at the same school with me and he drives me to school. I came in with my, at first I was like worried about it because I was like, oh shit, how is he going to perceive this? I had my head wrap on, the hoops, I had my eyes and I was looking, you know, a little bit more femme, whatever. And he just, you know, he said, you look good, cuz. And I was <laughs> like, is it so hard to just say that? Yeah. Is it just so hard to say you look good? Yeah. But for the females in my family, they just want to be, like, yeah. stuck in this traditional way of how I should be. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not your robot. I'm not programmed to be yeah. what you want to be. I am only who I am in this. Because at the end of the day, I have to live with me. Yeah. You totally. may not always have to live with me. until like Because once I move out, you won't have to necessarily live with me. Yeah. I have to be comfortable with me. I don't care how you feel about what it is. Because I'm still going to do it regardless. Yeah. And I'm going to post my pictures. I'm going to let the whole world see it. I don't care what people interpret about it because I'm doing it for me. Not for them or not for you. I am expressing myself. And if anyone wants to draw influences negative or negative, mostly negative from it, if they want to draw negative influences from it or, you know, problematic influences from it. That's on them. That's on them. Because... I'm doing I'm doing something for myself. I'm doing something that is empowering for me. I am doing something that is positive for me. Mm-hmm. So you can either come along with that or be stuck behind with it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, if you're stuck behind with it, that it's gonna be a lot of me telling you, nope, that's wrong, that's ignorant, that's problematic. I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, I love you. I love you at the end of the day, but sometimes you just have to say, you know what? You look good today, son. Yeah. That's it. And I honestly think the future is going to be centered in femme BIPOC experiences and like in that perspective so it's like get in line <laughs> get in exactly get, <laughs> yeah. get in line yeah. or get behind because at the end of the day shit I may be patient and a lot of people unfortunately take that for granted when, uh, when I'm patient online and everything a lot of people feel like they can because I'm patient they can you know add in their little I- ideologies and whatnot and yeah. think that they can get away with it no 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 don't take that patience for weakness because trust yeah. me, I will call you out. Tails keeping track. I'm keeping track. I keep the receipts. Let it be known. Um, <laughs> and you know what I find funny is a lot of people like to, when they, especially when they're arguing, they like to use like, oh, have you heard about echo chambers and ideology of oh, like the ideology of debating? Yeah. And I'm like, great. I'm glad that you can break this down into some kind of educational piece yeah. that you've been educated on, but. Yeah. That doesn't negate the fact of this, all of this, this happened, all the knowledge, all the information that is already yeah. out there. So although you may feel yeah. this, take those feelings to a mm-hmm. confessional, an altar somewhere else yeah. that is not me in my space. I, and even I actually, you know what, and I, I educate people on a lot about 
online etiquette. Yeah. Online etiquette when it comes to talking about things. In 2.5 seconds, things online, when you don't word in the right way, can definitely be perceived no in kidding. a matter that is not the way that you intended. Again, like, I mean, like, when you, th- I think of, like, accountability and, like, our evolution as friends, like, that's definitely perception. What you put it there and how it's perceived are the things that, like, probably you know, caused me to react the way I did when I, when mm-hmm. I was there following it, right? Because, like, know, it's just, you can't control what, how people perceive things, but you can also, I don't know, I'm screwing this up in my words, but it's like, we're all messy, we're all complex, and I, I mm-hmm. honestly think most people are just doing their best. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, I hope and pray that people are doing their best, but, mm-hmm. like, I, I remember back then, like, when we were talking about it, because I, I was talking about indecisiveness in that video, specifically, and then I oh, remember... Oh, yeah, the chief tail, yeah. Mm-hmm, and then I remember the... Because I remember... I remember exactly what it was because I, I, I knew oh, God. I knew at the time that it was because it said the person that I was calling out I I, I nicknamed them T or no was it something T I remember it was something yeah something T and I was when it was supposed to be for their last name and then I realized that you had I had taken that on and I was like no 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 no, no. it's not it's not about you I promise and I swear to God it is nothing well, to do to with be fair, you I didn't even give you the space to even unpack that I was just like we're done you <laughs> got and that's understandable because I mean at the time like especially when you're when you're dealing and you don't know it's like yeah. okay you see that and you're like oh shit it is yeah. not me and blah 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 and especially when you're only de- when you're already yeah. dealing with your own stuff it's a lot it's yeah. hard it's hard to see outside of that but like yeah. I I understood exact like I understood it, like as soon as it happened I was like yeah I get where this is coming from so I understand yeah. why he may understand like why he may feel this about him but I was trying to let you know because you weren't you, again you yeah. were you were never indecisive with me you no. were never in any way yeah. harmful to me or just in the treating me in a different way yeah. than than all the other gay men online yeah. have. Well, I appreciate that. I'm a messy, complex monster. <laughs> I'm still gonna fuck it up. There's a bunch of people that are messy. I'm messy and complex yeah. too. Shit, people think I'm messy. <laughs> people think a lot of different. Man, the amount of influences that people draw on my online appearance. I'm just like. Well, you are an influencer. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently so. But shit, I'm an influencer that hasn't been signed to a modeling agency yeah. or signed as an influencer online yeah. yet. So I'm, I'm waiting for some kind of opportunity. I, yeah. Well, not necessarily waiting. I'm. I'm hoping that opportunities will be granted to me in the same way that they are for other people because, like, I can bring bring representation mm-hmm. to this in more than one way. Yeah. Not just as a black gay man, but as yeah. a gay black man that likes to do mask, femme, nudity, yeah. everything. All different aspects of this, uh, of representation because, I mean, they've often, what, they've often put out images of men like and usually throughout history especially in like rap videos and everything mm-hmm. like that just like you know gangbangers or not necessarily gangbangers but like you know stereotypical, uh, stereotypical yeah. representations of black men and it's like sorry there's a whole yeah. whole world yeah. full of black people that just do things their own different way yeah. as individual I look at Billy Porter I'm like shit that's gonna be me when I'm older I hope so <laughs> that's gonna be me when I'm older this is gay like fierce black guy, gay fierce black man that just wants to live his life now. as he live. Uh, that is me now. Yeah. <laughs> that is very much yeah. so me now. But it's just, oh, he. After seeing that, it just empowered me more to keep mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it just. Uh, I'm glad to see that, one a man older than me has been doing this mm-hmm. and 
like has been putting forth this energy yeah and that now i can do that energy i can be and feel confident yeah. in that energy now myself yeah and it's not because you need the permission but it's mm-hmm. just nice to know there's other people doing it exactly it's yeah. not i don't need no kind of permission <laughs> i <laughs> i definitely don't need any kind of permission for someone yeah. to sit there and tell me oh no you can't do that honey why can't i Watch me, watch me sashay away, please. Watch me, because my, I will. My mom started saying that sashay away. Cracks me up. She's like, I'm gonna start saying it at work. I'm like, Mom, you are precious. <laughs> Taylor, we should wrap up, but I have to say one thing. Like in the last few weeks, when you reached out and messaged me, it was like one of the best moments that I've all had all year. Like it meant so much mm. to me that you did that, and it just highlighted to me your character and you're on a journey and I don't know where it's going to go but it's going to be somewhere fabulous for sure what does it mean to be accountable I used to see things as black and white as right or wrong but not so much anymore Now I think to be truly accountable, you have to be able to embrace the complexities found within our lives and acknowledge that truth isn't always absolute. What feels right for us might feel wrong for someone else. To be truly accountable, we need to educate ourselves, we need to look inward, and we need to accept that we will never get it 100% right. We are all big walking bags of meat trying to get by. To be accountable, we need to acknowledge our capacity for harm isn't rooted in whether or not we are good people, it is rooted in the fact that we all have the potential to do something that is harmful. Teo is telling his story, but he's also attuned to the stories of others. I suspect that's why he reached out to me. He wanted to rewrite our narrative. And I'm super grateful that he did. Teo's in school for social services, and I think it's amazing to think where his life is going to take him. I believe he is working to make the world a better place for everyone. When he reached out to me a couple months ago, he took accountability for his actions and surprisingly allowed me to confront the things I didn't feel so great about, allowing me to take accountability for those. Neither Teo nor myself are perfect, but I'm encouraged that we are both doing our best to be better. You can find Teo on his Instagram account at Teo underscore Ferguson or by searching Mateo Ferguson. There you'll find some amazing shots, but also lots of fun and interesting stories he shares about his everyday life. You might even hear him spill some tea. I have some big news. I received my first financial contribution towards this podcast. I think that makes me official. Uh, Thank you to Kathy Moulton for sending some dollars my way. It was the kindest and nicest surprise. It's also a funny coincidence because she has taught me a lot about compassion and accountability. She was around for some of my darkest times, and I will be forever grateful for the lessons that she has given me. You should check out her amazing business, Kalila Community. They are cultivating an empowering community for women, mothers, and folks who are going to have children in their lives. They are based in Europe, but I'm pretty sure they ship all over. You can check them out online at kalilacommunity.com or on their Instagram at kalilacommunity. Kalila is spelled K-A-L-I-L-A. I've also started a Patreon account. Each episode of Quirky and or Queer takes about six to ten hours to record, edit, and produce. I enjoy it, but it takes a lot of time and I could use some support. If you have the ability or interest, you can check out and support this podcast and my creative work by heading over to patreon.com backslash QAOQ. In the coming days, I'm hoping to create tiers for sponsorship and I would greatly appreciate your support. I have big visions for this podcast and related content. I already ordered t-shirts. Whoops. Shout out to my main sponsor, my creative, talented, wild, and spicy mother, from which I've garnered most of my anxieties and wonderful qualities, Glennis. Without her endless support, I'd be screwed. So thanks, mom, for helping me be less screwed. 
Thanks for listening and please subscribe, share the podcast with friends and family and give me a rating on Facebook and Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps. So until next time, thanks for listening to Quirky and or Queer.